Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, now that we are in off-season mode, it is time to talk about some of the most important deadlines of the off-season. And right now, the Cowboys have an obvious decision to make to kick things off on a complicated question that comes up every single year. Who are you going to franchise tag? Tonight, we'll talk if there is a player that makes sense for the Cowboys or not. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. Also, it is Tuesday, so that means mock draft Martes. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. Here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoy the show. Welcome. Everyone, on a Tuesday night, it is a great night to talk some Cowboys football. And yeah, man, it was a surprise for me looking up at the calendar and looking up some of the important dates of the NFL offseason and finding out that in February the 20th, that is in less than eight days, because it's already the 13th if you're watching this live, February the 20th is the last day for the Cowboys and the other 31 NFL teams to franchise tag a player if they're going to do it in 2024. And I think that date kind of creeped up on us a little bit because there's not a clear-cut candidate for the tag this year. Last year, we didn't know for sure that they were going to go ahead and and place a tag on Tony Pollard, right? Because we didn't even know what the decision was going to be regarding Ezekiel Elliott, right? We had an idea that, hey, they might not resign Sig. Uh, I mean, they might they might uh, let go Sig, excuse me, and they might make Tony Pollard the number one guy, but he's injured. So it was a weird situation. We didn't really know what to make out of it. Then when they did attack him, there was a lot of mixed feelings going around Cowboys Nation, but ultimately... It wasn't a surprise. We were blown away by the fact that the Cowboys had tagged Tony Pollard. Now, the whole idea behind it, maybe, because we don't even know about that, was that if Pollard proves to be a number one back in the NFL, a three-down running back that you can count on, because we we hadn't seen Tony Pollard in that space, maybe the assumption was that, hey, this guy is going to get a bigger deal after 2024, maybe not with a lot of guaranteed money because of the way that the running back market is going. However, I don't know if, I really don't know if that's the situation that we are in right now, but I do believe Tony Pollard is the likeliest candidate for the Cowboys to, uh, for the franchise tag specifically. Now that doesn't mean that I think he will receive 
the franchise tag because it's not an easy situation. First and foremost, Pollard did not have a terrible, terrible season. I've seen some people overblow or, you know, overestimate Tony Pollard's underwhelming performance in 2024. Now, in 2023. Now, listen, listen to what I'm trying to say here. I think he didn't have the year that many expected to him to have, right? He wasn't exactly the same back that he was prior to becoming the number one back in the Cowboys. But I also think that some of the reactions to his season in 2023 have been overblown because some people have acted as if he sucked and he really didn't. And I think the numbers reflect that. He did have over 1,000 yards. I know that's just a number at this point. And I know it was a very, very quiet 1,000 yards. But if you look at PFF grades, it wasn't like he was bottom of the league or anything like that. In fact, he was top 10 in running grade and he was top 10 in pass blocking grade, which is a surprise to no one. Because specifically that area of his game was very well acknowledged, I believe, by Cowboys Nation. We all know that he really looked great blocking for Dak Prescott when his name was called. And maybe we didn't see a whole lot of that from other running backs in Dallas this season. Now, however, and, and you know, we talk about his explosiveness and he was 14th in the, in the NFL in runs that went over 15 yards, but he was outside of the top 20 when looking at only top 10 or, or, or he was actually, I think, also top 15 in like 10 plus yard runs, but he wasn't anywhere close to leading the NFL. And you look at the rest of the numbers, yards per attempt was down from 2023. Yards after contact was down. Yards per catch was down. And he was outside of the top 50 in receiving grade from PFF. So we did see a little bit of a decline. Now, it is fair to point out that we also saw poor scheming. In the Cowboys run game, and we've talked about this coaching point for the Cowboys in 2024, we didn't see the best run blocking up front. We've talked about possibly upgrading from Tyler Viadish. We've talked about possibly looking into a change in, in how they go about running the football. It wasn't the cleanest environment for somebody like Tony Pollard. However, when you look at the franchise tag, it is an expensive one. It is specifically $12 million, $12.4 million. That is the projection for the running back franchise tag. And many of you will assume, hey, you know what? Wait, but he was franchise tagged in 2023. So that means it's going to be 20% more expensive than last year's. And you would be correct if that was higher than the projection that we're working with. So if you do the 20% bump, you get to $12.1 million. That is lower than the current projection for the tag. So whatever is higher between those two numbers is going to end up being uh, what the franchise tag value is for a running back. So it seems like that wouldn't actually make any sort of a, of an impact on the Tony Pollard decision. Now, according to our ADC Sports contract projection, and if you haven't checked it out on the website, you can do so uh, whenever you want to. We did 105 contract projections for these year's free agents. If you want to look up, you know, any free agent, you can go on ADC Sports and search that. And then you can go through the full article 
because it's linked to every player. So if you want to go to the Tony Pollard article, you can do so directly. It's really good stuff over there on ADC Sports. Uh, the the contract that was projected for Pollard was a three-year deal, $22.5 million, $7.5 million in value per year, and $13 million fully guaranteed. That's a very different number. When you look at the $7.5 million hit per year, and that's not a cap hit, excuse me, like just the average salary, that is way lower than when what that when than what you could look at if you tagged him. Now, year one cap hit under a three-year deal is much lower because you're at $3.5 million. Now, let me say this. I don't think it's a guarantee that Pollard comes back at all, whether we're talking about an extension or we're talking about a franchise tag. I think it is totally possible that we just don't see the Tony Pollard come back in 2024. I think it's as easy as that, honestly. But the reason why we need to talk about it is because at least there's an argument out there for the tag. Now, as I said, man, if I had to guess, if I had to give you a prediction right now, I would say no. Pollard is not getting tagged. And he's, I don't know about his potential return. My my prediction early in the free agency process or the, the offseason, like the week after the Cowboys were eliminated, I predicted the fate of 16 free agents, which I know I'm going to be wrong in those predictions, right? But I did predict. Uh, a low extension for Pollard, uh, lower value than expected, but but still an extension. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Marcus Bosher, though, had a perfect argument as to why you shouldn't extend a running back or pay a running back a high amount of money. And let me show you this graph, this chart very quickly. This is from Marcus Bosher, and he found that the Super Bowl winning team had an average percentage, like the starting running back or the top running back of said team, took for an average 0.65% of the salary cap. Did, like, let, let's pay attention to that right now. The teams that are winning the Super Bowl are doing so without investing in their top running back. And, you know, I think there's a little bit of bias to this specific chart uh, to some point, because you got to look at, hey, it's three Super Bowl wins for the Chiefs, who do have Patrick Mahomes. The Cowboys just don't have Patrick Mahomes. The 31 other NFL teams in the league do not have Patrick Mahomes. And then there's also, like, Tom Brady and the Patriots years in there, because this is from 2009 to 2023. But there are also other exceptions, notable exceptions, like, like the Rams, right? The 2021 Rams didn't have a truly elite quarterback. Now, Matthew Stafford is very good. I think he's underrated, but he wasn't that elite running back. And Cam Akers didn't make for, didn't take up uh, 1.2% of the cap, right? You look at Sonny Michel, he had 1% of the cap. You look at, uh, you know, the Eagles with Legaret Blount under 1% of the cap. Broncos with CJ Anderson in 2015 under half percent of the cap. Marshawn Lynch is the notable exception here. He made up 6.2% of the Seahawks salary cap space. And then you've got Ray Rice with the Ravens in 2012. 
Ahmad Bratcha from 2011 with the Giants. Man, if you tag Tony Pollard in 2024, you're at, you're you're he's occupying five over five percent of the salary cap, and it's not the blueprint. That's what we do know. So whether it's biased or not, I, I just don't see how you can make the argument that that is the way to go. Franchise tagging Pollard is not an option in my opinion. Now uh, I will also add that these are some names that are going to be hitting free agency potentially. Some of them might be paid by their teams and they might not make it. But right now, set to hit free agency in March are Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, there's Derek Henry, there's Pollard, this Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Devin Singletary, A.J. Dillon, Zach Moss. All of these guys are going to, honestly, I think, damage their markets. Because you've got a relatively deep running back class. And with that, I mean, there's not a top running back prospect like last year there was Bijan Robinson and then there was Jameer Gibbs for a lot of people. This year, it's a lot of round two, round three running backs that are going to be going off the board, but they're not going to be, you know, they're going to flood the running back market a little bit more. And you know what happened with the tight ends last year? When there was a lot of tight ends ready to go for round two and round three, and a lot of them went, like Sam Laporta, Luke Schoonmaker was one of them. Uh, there was a lot of big names that flew off the board in day two of the NFL draft. And we already knew that was going to happen since March, which is why many of these tight ends were suddenly signing for surprisingly low deals in the market. I think that might happen with the running backs in 2023. So in 2024, excuse me. So if I'm looking ahead at that, I'm thinking, you know what? I don't think Pollard has a lot of leverage in this discussion. So I'm definitely not tagging him. And I'm considering not signing him to a to a significant, significant deal. Like let's let's I would roll the dice and try to bring him in in the chip. But not sure what Tony Pollard's mindset is going to be or his market. We'll see. As I said, I think it's going to be a little bit flooded. Uh, so get ready for Pollard just not being around in, in 2024. With all that being said, let me say hi pretty quickly here uh, in the chat. We've got a lot of people because, man, we've got Facebook back on. Shout out to the Facebook audience. I missed you. That's the first thing I'm going to say, man. Uh, we had some issues, technical issues that we were trying to you know, uh, overcome. And it seems like we finally did it every day. I just added the Facebook destination for the stream and hope for the best. It seems like we are back, baby. So shout out to all of you. Uh, I missed you. Missed Roy Fletcher here who says discount contract for Pollard or let him walk. Arson's got to be paid. And you know, 2025 class, the 2025 class is just insane. We're going to talk about some free agents, man. And you look at, 2025, because it it matters in the sense that, hey, whatever happens like this year is going to impact whatever you do next year. And if you look forward to 2025, hold on to your seats right now. Dak Prescott, Zach Martin, this is this 2025 pending free agents. Dak Prescott, Zach Martin, the Marcus Lawrence, Brandon Cooks, Micah Parsons, even Trey Lance is interesting. Leighton Van Der Esch, like, big name, but at the end of the day, I don't know that he gets to 2024. I don't know that he plays football again, unfortunately. 
uh, C.D. Lamb, Ryan Anger, Cooper Rush, big name at least, uh, somebody that is not, you know, it, it will depend on whatever happens with the quarterback position in 2024. Uh, but Oza Odigisuwa is also on that list. Like, it, it's a crazy, crazy list of, of players in 2025. So whatever you do this year, you got to be looking forward to next year. Especially because, man, I, I want to dive deeper into this particular thought in a later show. But I do want to explore, like, if the Cowboys are serious about going all in, which is a notion that I struggle a lot to, to buy into. But if they're serious about it, how does that look like? Like, I'll, I'll use Dak Prescott, for example. A lot of people think that going all in is not extending Dak Prescott. Now, I think the most likely outcome, again, is for the deal to get done between the Cowboys and their quarterback. But you could argue that that is what the all-in looks like. Like, even if you don't like Dak Prescott, if you're going all-in in 2024, then you're, you're extending Dak to lower the cap hit. And people will say the salary cap is a myth. Yeah, because you do these sort of moves. Like, you do restructuring, you do extensions. So the Cowboys manipulating the salary cap in order to get the stars that they would need to go all-in. And again... They probably are not doing this, but just for the sake of the exercise, let's go through this. You are probably going to pay Dak Prescott. And the all-in is not necessarily, and this is important too, in my opinion, the all-in is not pushing all the chips on your table and blowing it up the next year and being in a position to rebuild it back up starting in 2025. I don't think it's as pretty as that. I think going all in is putting all the chips on the table and then going through bad, bad years and then maybe three years later, finally being in a position to where you can build it back up. I think that's what going all in means. So it, it's going to be interesting whatever they do this year, man. It's going to be interesting. But anyways, uh, let's see some more of your comments, though, here in the chat. We've got uh, Peter Rizzo. We've got Toxic Tom in the chat. Shout out to all of you. Uh, Rex says, there is no argument for tagging Tony Pollard, which I believe, uh, you know, you can make the argument for him like I like I did earlier on the show. But I'm with you in the sense that I don't see how that outweighs the cons of, of tagging him. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think Pollard gets stacked. Uh, Toxic says, Pollard to the Giants. Mark Aaron says, I would say bye-bye to Tyron Smith, but something tells me they will bring it back. I I am 100% pro bringing back Tyron Smith. Now, that does bring me, though, to my second point of this show, which are like the other candidates, quote-unquote, for the franchise tag. Like Tyron Smith is not going to be tagged because it wouldn't make sense. The tag for an offensive lineman goes at $21 million this year. Uh, at least that is what the, the projection looks like from overthecap.com. Our contract projection for Tyron Smith on ADC Sports uh, was a two-year deal for $25 million, 15 guaranteed, so basically one-year commitment, and a year one cap hit of $4.5 million, probably with those voidable years. We don't know. Here's my take, man. You signed Tyron Smith to a incentive-heavy deal 
for the 2023 season. And it worked out great for you in the sense that, sure, he missed some games, but he didn't miss the playoffs and he was around for most of the season. And he played like the second best tackle, left tackle in the NFL. The only guy that has an argument of, of having been better than him is San Francisco 49ers left tackle Trent Williams. Nobody else played better than him. Now, sweet, you won that deal. But I also think you can't run it back with the same deal in 2024 if Tyron Smith is willing to fight for a better deal this year. Uh, we know he's not retiring because Clarence Hill told 105.3, the fan, that he was not retiring per his agent. So he's getting ready to run it back. But the Cowboys, in my opinion, are going to have to spend a little bit more money on Tyron Smith. Now, this is one where you could really take the all-in philosophy and add avoidable years to the deal and all that, and then just eat the debt money in, 2020, in 2025, right? So sign him for one year if you want to, but pay up and have a hefty signing bonus at those avoidable years so the cap hit can be spread for five years or whatever. Now, I know I'm saying Howie Roseman type stuff when the guy running the team is Stephen Jones, but I, I do think that if you're going to go all in, this is like the creativeness that you got to have uh, in the offseason process. But anyways, I don't think Tyron Smith qualifies for a franchise tag. The other one could potentially be like, hey, maybe Stephon Gilmore. Cornerback tag is going to go for $18.4 million. Oh, si damn, like that's a high number. Stephon Gilmore is not going to get that type of deal in the market. So projection for ADC Sports is a one-year $8.5 million deal. So it doesn't seem to me like Gilmore is a franchise tag candidate. If you want to bring him back, it's going to be costly, rel relatively, at least compared to what it cost you in 2023, but not, not for the franchise tag. Not for the franchise tag. Talk successes, make make them fake years. Spread that stuff until year 2100. That's what an all-in would look like. I do agree with that. Like you having all of these deals with hefty signing bonuses that you're spreading out, right? Jenkins Gaming says, biggest guy to re-sign in my thoughts is Tyler Viadish. I've talked about this on the show and I'm on a different boat personally. I... I I've made the argument for not bringing back Tyler Viadish. And I know that sounds risky, right? Because you, if you go down that route, chances are you are either betting on what? TJ Bass to take over at center if you don't get your guy in the NFL draft. Now, the good news is that there seems to be a lot of guys that are going to be center candidates in round two and round three. And if you want to go at it with a first rounder and say uh, a miracle takes place and Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon makes it to 20, uh, 24th. Yeah. 24th. Um, yeah. 24th. It's the same, same as last year, which is weird, but anyways, uh, like you go and get the center, but I also, it, it's a tricky situation because Viadish has played to the point where he's not going to sign for a minimum deal, right? He's been starting in the league for a good while. And it's a situation where you're like, what do I do? 
do I pay the guy that is not good enough? And I do think that is where Biadish is sitting in. But I don't have a center, and I probably won't have one till April. And then there's a the risk of a rookie just not panning out. But it's, to me, one of the most important situations to upgrade in, and you just cannot do it if Biadish is your guy. That's how I view it. You just, you're not going to upgrade at center if you pay Viadish because he's going to likely demand more money than what we're thinking right now. And I do think it's one of the positions that you absolutely need an upgrade in. If we're talking about this team not being good enough, center is one of the positions that, in my view, could really raise the level of your play. Could really make you a much more physical running team and a better pass protection team with all of the assignments and all that. Sometimes it wasn't very pretty. And we know that Dak Prescott maybe became a little bit more vocal at the line of scrimmage and all that, and he can take some of that burden. But, hey, if you want to make life easier on him, maybe having like that better center would also help. Um, it's, it's interesting, man. It's interesting. Tyron cannot stay healthy. This is Ravi. He can't, but he did play. How many games was it? How many games was it for Tyron Smith? Maybe he can't stay healthy for 17 games, but he did play 13 games for you, plus the playoffs, and was a second-team All-Pro left tackle. That matters, man. That absolutely matters. Toxic Tom says, Hopium does not win games. Hoffman and Bass have zero snaps in the NFL games at center. Not banking on that at all. And while I understand that, Toxic, speaking of Hopium, like I just, where I'm coming from is like, Viadish might not be the guy that Cowboys fans think he is. And I'll include myself in this. Like after the 2022 season, I was pretty excited about Tyler Viadish. I'm not going to lie. I, I was pretty excited about him. 2023, though, was not an upward trajectory for Tyler Viad. He's all that I'll say. I do think you that's one position that you're absolutely going to want an upgrade in. And I don't think it's crazy to think that a day two interior offensive lineman, a position that they're pretty decent drafting at, is a risk where you can, you know, I don't think it's a risk. I don't think it's a huge risk of a big drop-off. Worst case scenario, it could be a drop-off. But if it is a drop-off, I don't see how it is a massive one. That's what I'm saying. The problem, again, is you need to make the Tyler Viadish decision in March when you're going to be drafting a guy late in April, which is why I bring up the TJ Bass thing. Like, you got to have a plan B or sign somebody, somebody that's not as good. Like, I, I've seen some people mention Connor Williams, but I think Connor Williams is not going to be in that price range either if what you're trying to do is get a potential day to upgrade in the NFL draft. Bruce says, Tyler V isn't strong enough, and Rex says, we need a strong center, and you, you guys might be onto something. Mark Aaron mentions Hoffman. And I'm mentioning those guys like as your plan B if you go down this route. So what, so what are we doing here? Are we 
going all in or not? Because if, if, if we want an all in, this is the kind of risks that you're going to have to take the way that I see it. So I want an upgrade on my offensive line, and that is a, the safest way to go about it, in my opinion. Anyways, speaking of getting a center, ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, and this is the second week we've done this segment. We are back with it. Mock Draft Martes. Now, if for some reason you don't know what Martes means, it's Tuesday in Espanol. So, ladies and gentlemen, Mock Draft Martes, we have one this week from Chad Reuters from NFL Network. He went three rounds deep into his mock draft. And I got to tell you, I freaking loved it. I am in love with that mock draft. Here's how it looks. Number 24, Troy Faltano. You know my feelings in Troy Faltano. That guy is ready to play in the NFL. I understand concerns about his length, but also I don't think it's basically a, a deal breaker for me because he does seem to be over the 34-inch mark. We'll see at the NFL scouting combine what that looks like. I wanted him to make the senior bowl. Didn't make it, though. Uh, but Troy Faltano, man, this dude is ready to go. His footwork, his handwork, all of it is clear. It's clean. And I also think he's got an arsenal of moves. I've seen him snatch trap so many defenders on tape and a lot of people were like oh Michigan is gonna be a big test for him in the national title he handled Michigan so Troy Faltano I am all in on this guy if they want to play him at guard I'm fine with it and I also think like you've got a good situation if Tyron Smith goes down injured Tyler Smith Troy Faltano figure it out whatever you want to do man Go with it. But this is a good pick for the Cowboys at 24th. Good mock pick. Now, at 56, they added a running back, Jalen Wright. All that I know about Jalen Wright uh, is that he's one of those, like, balanced running backs. You're not really getting a specialist, but he is strong and all that. And, man, some people might question the value of a running back in the second round. But it is likely the, the most viable path for several reasons. One, we are assuming that you're not paying Tony Pollard, right? So we're assuming that. Now, second, I don't mind the Cowboys going down this route in, in, in the second round because it is it might be one of the most safe investments that you can do in the second round when you historically suck picking in this round. Like the Cowboys have not gotten good results drafting in the second. It, it's just clear as day. If you look at the history of it. So I'm not going to mind if they go with a running back in round two. And it might be a little bit of a need for Dallas. The problem there is what we were talking about with the center. If you don't have your center in round two, then you're likely going to struggle to be fully convinced about whoever you get in round three, right? If you absolutely need one and you didn't extend Tyler Viadish, it's going to be very interesting to see what the Cowboys do with that. Uh, and finally... The Cowboys do get a center in this mock in round three. They get Cedric Van Prang, Van Prang Granger. And this is somebody that Dane Brugler ranks as 93rd overall. So it's good, decent value. And Georgia, as you guys know, very physical offensive line, very heavy on the run game. It might be like that nasty presence that you need for your run game. Let me let me show you a clip very quickly here 
that I found on Twitter. And this is Sad, uh, Cedric San Pran. Van Pran, excuse me. Going to the second level. I'm just going to play it for you. Watch the center, man. Sorry about this about the noise. But look at that. Look at 63. I'm going to play it again. Sorry about the noisy background. I didn't know that. that I, I watched it on mute, so I didn't figure out the, the noise. So sorry about that. I'm going to play it again, though. Volume alert. Volume alert for everybody. Here we go. Hey, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. I, I know it's only one play, right? But all kidding aside, like Dane Brugler, his notes on this average length and movement but he does have good pass pro processing and we know he is physical. Yeah, I'm all ready to go if that is the case, ladies and gentlemen. I'm all ready to go if that is the case. All right, I'm going to read some comments here. I've seen some one cool things in the chat. I didn't prep for a one cool thing. I'm sorry about that. I, we, we actually have not done a one cool thing in a while. I think since the playoffs. It was like, it's like a, a grieving period, if you will. Um, but still... Toxic Tom with the with the Valentine's Day joke. <laughs> Damn, man. Tomorrow is Valentine's. I hey. Got here so quickly, didn't it? Uh, let's see here. Toxic Tom says round two is where we take felons or hurt guys that are a few outliers. Pretty much. So I'm good if they take your running back instead. Ravi says Henry will draw more tickets sold, and Jerry knows it. Henry gonna be an intriguing free agent this season. Michael H. says, time to cut bait on some of those uh, old O-linemen and probably talking about Tyron Smith right there. Mark Aaron says, not a fan of Van Pran and too early for right if you ask me. Uh, and, you know, it's only February. The draft takes are about to heat up, really heat up uh, in March and April. Jenkins says, we need to draft that linebacker that just got laid out <laughs> by, by, by uh, Van Pran. Vitesh's trade to get into the top 10, we need a game changer. Now, if they do that, now we're talking about an all-in, right? If they do that, if they go and get Patrick Quinn, if they go and execute multiple trades for big-name players, this is a, a weird <coughs> offseason because if they don't do the all-in thing, it's going to be a long, long year, right? And it's going to be regardless because you, you're just hoping for January success. You don't care from six for success uh, between September and December. And that is fine. Like that is the way that it should be based on what we know about this Cowboys team. Uh, but it sure would help if they do approach team building in a different way in 2024. Now, not a good sign that the defensive coordinator negotiations went as they did with the Cowboys even reaching back to Rex Ryan on Sunday, according to Adam Schefter from ESPN. So, yeah, it's it's just, hey, not a great look to start us off with the all-in offseason. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Shout out to everyone on the Facebook audience. We are happy to be back. And by the way, I wanted to read a comment there from Facebook. Shout out to Bill, who I had not seen in a long time in the chat. We are back, though, Bill. We are back in Facebook. So that is awesome, man. Uh, I lost that comment. I absolutely lost it. Shout out to Bill. Oh, here we go. This is I've missed your show for two months, buddy. You were the man. Go Cowboys. Bill, 
We are back. Thanks so much for your kind words, man. I'm happy we are. Shout out to Oscar Herrera, who is also here in the show. We've got Rogelio Duran, too. A lot of people on Facebook, on YouTube. Thanks so much. And I'll see you tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central. Bye-bye.